you're wearing your nicest clothes. Six feet underground in your stained oak coffin. You're embalmed to look pretty at your funeral. While gross, your body will decompose over the years to come. At 50 years, your organs and tissues will have finally liquefied. By the 80-year mark, your bones will have crumbled. The embalming fluid and the stain on the coffin has long since seeped into the ground. The last thing you leave behind in this world is your body. We don't really think about the impact we have on the world when we die, in terms of our carbon footprint. The funeral industry is a massive polluter, and if the ocean being on fire has you a little more conscious of the impact you have on the earth, that doesn't need to stop at your death. I'm Jacqueline Swan, and this is Technality, a podcast that explores technology and the future we're headed towards. And today, I'm thinking about where I go when I die. Exactly, yeah. Again, for us, we're funeral directors are a little slow to adopt new things, so we're getting there. But um, yeah, I've been very, very happy with uh, everything since we started offering it, and we've seen... Meet Trevor Charbonneau. He's the owner and funeral director of the Newcastle Funeral Home. So once we have, we weigh the individual, and then we place them into this cage, and then we place the cage back in. I drove two hours to his aquamation center. That's not a pool. It's where bodies are cremated with water. And then we have a chart that basically shows, based on the weight of the individual, how much chemical should go in. The facility is a garage built onto the back of a Victorian-style house. In the center of the room are two pods with various pipes and wires running from them. In the corner of the room is an oven that looks similar to the one in my apartment. I was going to joke about baking while you waited, but... We dry the bones because they are wet when they come out of the machine. We dry them for a few hours in a convection oven just so that we can reduce them down to like a granular consistency, like same as cremated remains. Aquamation itself is a rather simple process and accomplishes the exact same thing as cremation. It's just better for the environment. Basically, the solution that is in the machine is 95% water and 5% alkali. The alkali causes the water molecules to bust everything apart, and that's the sterilization part of the process. So everything that results at the end of the cycle that is going down the drain is 100% sterile, and there's no DNA or RNA left over in the solution. So that's a concern that at the beginning, a lot of people had. They were concerned that we were putting human remains down the drain, and we're not. There's no trace of human remains at all that go down the drain. It's completely sterile. It's basically just soap and sugar and, and amino acids that are going down the drain. The interesting thing in this process, though, compared to flame cremation, is that we usually get about 20 to 30% more remains back from uh, somebody who's been gone through aquamation as opposed to flame cremation. Trevor informed me that not only is the process safer, but it's also cheaper to set up. A crematorium is a special building and requires constant monitoring. Companies have poured millions into these spaces, and because boutique funeral homes can't afford their own cremation center, they use the services of these crematoriums. When I started researching it, I really liked the environmental impact, that it had much less energy consumption than flame cremation did and it was something that we could offer in-house so in my area i'm in a residential area my funeral homes 
and we would never be able to get the zoning permission and, and the licensing to have a flame crematorium in the type of setting that we're in. But this equipment is much different because there's no emissions, there's no combustion, so we are able to offer this process and right on site. So when we pick up somebody's loved one, they come into our care and they're in our care until everything's done and we return the remains to them. Whereas with flame cremation, when somebody comes into our care, we have to bring that person to a separate facility to have the process done and then return everything to the family. So kind of a combination of, I really like the environmental impact that it had. We were able to offer it in-house here. And it was just, it's another form of disposition that is legal in the province. And I just feel that, you know, consumers should have the opportunity to select it. It's not for everybody, just like cremation isn't for everybody, but it is another option. Yeah, absolutely. So to be completely honest with you, the majority of the controversy has come from within the industry. It's basically funeral directors and larger companies that do not want to see the process succeed because they're so heavily invested into other technologies. So majority of the issues that we've ever had are people within the industry trying to uh, prevent the widespread use of aquamation, which is really unfortunate because as funeral professionals, we should be here to offer all options to families. A lot of people will misconstrue it with flushing your, your loved one down the drain, but again, I, I strongly disagree with that because we've shown that what is going down the drain is, is there's no trace of a human being going down the drain. It's completely um, neutral and sterile. The other biggest thing that probably gets thrown out there with aquamation is they relate it to the TV show Breaking Bad where somebody was dissolving somebody in acid to dispose of a body and you know again we're not using acid we're using uh, alkali which is actually the opposite end of the spectrum and we're doing it obviously in a very respectful and controlled way so it's it's not really you know fair to kind of compare it to something like that because it's not accurate again as as a funeral professional whether it's burial cremation or aquamation you know, our responsibility is to treat anybody into our care with the, the utmost of dignity and respect and, and regardless of what the family chooses, that's, you know, kind of at the core of what we do. So, and I feel aquamation um, provides that dignity and respect that, uh, that people deserve, just like cremation and burial do. Maybe now you're thinking about what to do with your body when you leave this earthly realm. And maybe aquamation isn't for you because cremation was never for you. Well, the good news is, you still have green options. It's really kind of a cyclical, uh, cyclical place where you can learn about death and dying, you can learn about the environment. This is Mark Richardson, the manager of cemetery services at Willow's Rest in Niagara Falls, Ontario. In the conventional areas of the cemetery, when we excavate a, a grave, we will remove that earth from the site, uh, take it away on truck, and then we'll bring it back after the fact, and we'll use a, a clean topsoil for the top of the grave. Whereas in a green burial, clearly the intention is that the earth that we remove is the same earth that we put back, so that we're returning that wildflower seed and, and native seed to the earth. At the back of the cemetery is a path leading through an archway. Walk through there and you'll find yourself in an open field of wild flowers and tall grass. A number of animals, especially birds, make their homes here. 
if you didn't know you were in a cemetery, you wouldn't know that people were buried in this area. The five principles of a green or natural burial, the first being that the body is not embalmed, so it's not chemically treated to preserve the body. The second is that the body is either shrouded or in a natural casket, so a casket that's not treated doesn't have metals or chemicals. We don't use vaults. We don't allow vaults in this section. The grave would not be individually memorialized. Uh, so we do have communal memorial stones where the names of all of the loved ones uh, interred within Willow's Rest are, are memorialized on those stones. But by not having individual memorializations, we leave the area as natural as possible. This is a 77-acre cemetery. We've conducted over 37,000 burials in this cemetery. And for every single upright monument that you see in the cemetery, there's four feet of concrete poured under that monument. So you can imagine in 77 acres how much concrete has been poured into this earth. And by developing a communal memorial section, you eliminate all of that excessive concrete. But further to that, a lot of the granite that you see in this cemetery is not necessarily quarried locally. And so you can imagine the fossil fuels used to ship thousands of pounds of, of granite monuments to Canada, which are then put on a train or on trucks and shipped across Canada before reaching their destinations here in Niagara Falls or elsewhere. The Green Burial Section is a spot where you can sit and enjoy life around you. A very different feeling compared to sitting among rows and rows of cold tombstones to remember your loved ones. Specifically within the two acres, we've seen significant growth in our, in our bird population. We did have a hawk and a falcon that had taken up permanent residence here. Not only do they have a naturalized space to be safe, but we've also increased the number of pollinators or insects that are in the cemetery. Some of the opportunities that we've been given because of this, uh, we have our beehives out back. Um, and so we now have uh, the bee training with students. We have had uh, young classes come through here and seed bomb the green burial section or Willow's Rest uh, so that they can learn about the benefit of, of native plant material. Tree planting groups, nature clubs, bird watchers, they've all now become regular visitors to Fairview Cemetery uh, because of the development of Willow's Rest. For some people, the final resting place of their body is about returning back to nature and continuing to live true to who they were. In the case of the first resident of Willow's Rest, this was especially true. Willow's Rest was uh, both a personal and professional goal of mine. But again, you know, as we said before, change is not always easy. So when we first looked into this option, we were heavily supported by environmental groups. We received a CN Eco Connections grant and we received uh, support and funding through Landcare Niagara, which is a local not-for-profit. When we first posted notice in the paper saying this was something we were uh, looking into, uh, we were immediately contacted by the Gon family. And the Gon family was asking if they could purchase a, a, a lot in Willow's Rest, and this would have been toward the end of 2016 or, the, or early 2017, and they explained to us that their brother and their son, and son was actively dying of cancer, and that he wanted to be a green burial. He was so passionate about it that Bert had made his own arrangements at Coburg Union Cemetery, which is about a two and a half hour drive away from uh, Niagara Falls. He did so because they offered green burials. They, had a, they have a beautiful green burial section there. But his family was quite distraught because he would be two and a half hours away from them and it was not a site that they would easily be able to visit. 
So in hearing that we were looking at green burials, they were very excited and wanted to purchase a plot. Um, alas, we were not able to because we hadn't developed the site. Uh, so if we fast forward to about March of 2017, uh, by this time we had started to really get things moving. Uh, like I said, one of the grants that we had received allowed us to plant the, uh, the north line of Willow's Rest with about 75 trees just to develop that you know, green screen, that barrier in between the, the rest of the cemetery. And we had started to grade out the earth, uh, earth piles and the leaf compost piles that were here. So again, Bert's family called us and said, can we buy? And of course we hadn't received approvals at this point. So by about April of 2017, you know, recognizing the uh, situation, we reached out to the Bereavement Authority of Ontario. We provided our plans. Um, we acknowledged that the site was not fully ready, um, but that the family required a lot. And so the BAO uh, thankfully turned around and, and gave us approvals almost immediately, almost overnight. The Gone family instantly purchased a, a lot. In fact, uh, they just said, pick the easiest location because again, we were still working on the site. Bert passed away mid-May and, uh, and we had his interment here shortly thereafter. It was very well attended, many of whom you know, while attending the site looked very confused because it was a, an open field. The grass wasn't growing because we had just graded it. Um, and I'd like to think that some of those people have now come back to visit Bert and have seen what the site has turned into because he was so adamant that we were going to develop this site. So you'll see on the stone over here, um, beside Bert's name, uh, we had the Harley Davidson number one etched beside it. Uh, he's the only one that will have that, but we wanted to honor and recognize him as, as the champion for Willow's Rest. Death is a difficult topic, especially when you're making plans for yours or someone else's final resting place. So making the choice that will impact the environment the least is likely not at the front of mind. But just by knowing your options now and having these conversations might make this choice easier down the road. Thank you for listening to Technality. It's hosted and produced by me, Jacqueline Swan. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you want more content about where our future is going, head over to Technality's YouTube page.